Welcome to the Danielle Mekinis Podcast, a podcast for small businesses who are seeking great practical advice about marketing and sales. Danielle thinks like a customer. Even as a little kid, she always has shown deep empathy for others. Dan uses this customer insight to help small businesses create practical marketing strategies that work. Using this customer-centric approach and her 20 years' experience in sales and marketing, Dan takes what is in your head, adds her expertise to create a system to assist you make better marketing decisions, attracts a regular stream of ideal customers, and creates a brand that your employees and customers will love. Hope you enjoy this podcast. All right, well, thanks for joining me again this weekend. Today I'm really excited to announce um, that I've got Michael Nail on, on the call. Hi, Ma- Michael, and welcome to um, my podcast. Thanks, Danielle. It's uh, great to be here. Thank you. Well, look, I, I must admit I was wandering through um, a bookstore a few weeks ago and your book, The True Brand Toolkit, just stood out to me because I'm always one to um, grab toolkits. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a really good title and, and it actually lived up to its promise, which is great because it, it does have some fantastic resources in it. But I just wondered if you can tell our listeners a little bit about you and then how you came to write the book. Definitely. Thanks. Uh, well, about me, I uh, have been in marketing for over 20 years now and, uh, and have also been in sales in that time as well, so sales and marketing roles. And then I have also been an actor for a lot of that time as well. And often I had to, as an actor, market myself mm-hmm. and then uh, the last... Uh, role that I had before uh, going uh, into MCME was actually uh, a, an international role that took me overseas as the National Sales and Marketing Manager for a, an organisation called Uchi, which was, it was a great experience taking the brand, an Australian brand overseas. Mm. And uh, it was hot on the heels of having um, just come out of my own business before that. And uh, this was uh, wonderful to be not having to to promote myself or my my acts, and it was it was all about a product and taking a brand overseas and uh, teaching American sales reps how to sell, which in itself felt like a bit of an oxymoron <laughs> because they're such wonderful salespeople. Yeah, and it was it was great. It's a great learning curve, uh, as well as a, a great way of actually understanding that. I did actually have quite a lot to offer in the, the realm of training as well. Mm. And so from that, that was uh, an excellent experience and I spent a lot of time in the States and the UK and then also back here in Australia and uh, had uh, decided that I was going to start up a, uh, a corporate entertainment company uh, and MC company and that's why it was called uh, MC Me. Mm-hmm. And then as I... As I Went to do that, I realised that the landscape had changed a lot um, in the corporate market especially. And having worked with small businesses, both with, with Uchi and then with my own small business before that and with others, I thought, well, I'm going to need to have something else here that's um, other than just re- relying on the corporate market. Mm. Why not put my marketing expertise to work and see if I can market other businesses as a consultant? Yeah. 
and that's actually become the the base of what MC uh, has become. And it was it was uh, it was a, a really good uh, it was a really good move. It was yeah. a really good move to do. So out of that, uh, while I was while I was establishing the business. There were quite a few challenges that I came across. I mean, it was uh, right in the heart of the GFC, Mm -hmm. and so it was a tenuous time to start a business. But I figured that if it could last, then it could last any time. And and it it also stretched me as a marketer and also as someone who has a real passion around brands, and uh, I discovered a lot about social media, and I used a lot of social media as a platform to raise awareness about the business and also to market the book. And I became really uh, active as a blogger to to actually blog the book, to promote the book as I was writing it, and to test material out, to research it, to get to know who um, my readers might be and then also who my clients might be. And it was a way of actually starting a dialogue with people as opposed to just going out and trying to sell myself mm. because it suddenly can get a bit weird when you're the consultant and you're the product. So the more that you can have something tangible like a book, uh, for, especially for a consultant, uh, that is providing value to people and is being more than just a brochure on a shelf uh, because people are paying for it. So I believe in giving exceptional value mm-hmm. and I wanted people to be able to, even if they never worked with me, that they actually had something that they could work through themselves to empower them to be able to be really clear on what their brand was about, who their market was and how to sell to them consistently. And look, you definitely, I think, achieved that with a book having gone through it in great detail and it's interesting your story I mean I you know I interview lots of different marketing people and um it's really interesting to listen to how you sort of you know evolved your business to serve to serve you know small businesses growing by actually your experience and I don't know if if this is the case or or if you found this with other people in in a marketing profession like us but it seems like it's been so um there's been so much change in the way we communicate, I think even the last three years particularly, that it's sort of changed the whole landscape of marketing. And that's been fantastic for those of us that have embraced technology and those of us who have who latched onto all these tools, being blogging or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think those that really have built their business on a strategy um, based around that value proposition of who they are and what they stand for. Um, so, yeah, I'd really like to ask you about identifying that ideal customer in your business and how you go about doing that. Let's say, for example, if it was me. And Danielle is in a certain age range and uh, even what... Daniel Wears, get really clear on uh, who your your target market is as a person, yeah. and uh, put together a, even a a, a mock up of uh, like an identikit. Yeah. Yeah. So that and and that that's defined by research. So you can't just do that only on your gut feel, mm. but also get to think it really think through where does. Where does that person buy? What 
what do they like to spend, how much do they like to spend, why, and uh, where, do they, where do they visit, where do they holiday, where do they... These sorts of things, that were, they're all clues as to mm-hmm. actually uh, how you might find that person. Oh, look, sorry, I, really like, I really like the questions you ask because, you know, when I go into a small business, it's a very difficult thing to get them to do because, of course, they say anyone with a pulse is my customer, <laughs> you know, and, you, and you, we all start perhaps with that. But, you know, it's really important that they get their head around this and it's a really difficult thing to do. But what I, I've been collecting templates around, you know, profiling the ideal customer for a long time and... I think some of your questions in the book are really great, especially around the brand persona, which is sort of like you're saying an identikit or even, you know, cutting out pictures of what they look like and actually mm. building that profile. I think mm. I think that that's fantastic and I've, I've heard some other people actually have those, you know, in their study or in their office actually looking at those people to just yeah. try and identify as much as they can with them. It just helps the marketing strategy so much. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's funny, I was reading a, a, a blog post of, of Valerie Koo, who actually uh, very kindly gave a, a testimonial for the book Yeah. the other day. And, and in it, she... So Valerie Koo's got the Sydney Writers' Centre and she's a small business commentator and she writes for the Sydney Morning Herald and she's very good at what she does and, uh, and well-respected. And, and she's talking about the same thing, essentially, about how uh, creating an identikit and uh, of the of the uh, of the ideal person. And mm-hmm. it was really odd because she actually uh, said in there. So if I'm writing a, a course for business books, I might think of uh, a guy. His name's Michael. He's 45, which is only a couple of years older than me, and he's a, a speaker and consultant. And I thought, wow, you, that's me. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and it felt really, really quite surreal. Uh, but it's, and I mean, she knows me through having uh, uh, had uh, experience through, through having read the book. But uh, I thought well, that's being really clear on having uh, the, the that picture of a person in front of you and being and being really simply. Specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went through it recently too with the rebrand of a business. So Zizi, who is one of the Zizi Designs, is one of the case studies in yeah. the book. That our first case study, and uh, Jill was a, a colleague, a former colleague, and, and my first client within the business. And she recently, we've just gone through a rebrand for her business. She sells slippers, and they were um, aimed to be fun and feminine for something that women like herself could wear at home mm-hmm. and feel comfortable even wearing them at a dinner party. That, that was the idea. Mm, yeah, a great idea, really simple. And she was 55 when she started the business. Uh, and, and it was a really brave move. Threw herself into the business, uh, invested in, in the stock and, and everything. But... Uh, we helped it get out to market and it was really good, but the design around the packaging and the design around the brand was done before I came on board and was never really happy with it. And I don't think it did Jill a lot of justice because I don't think it did the product a lot of justice. Mm. And it was just, it was, it was narrowing it down too much to uh, a, a certain demographic that I, I, I think was not quite as defined as it could have been. Mm. And so in the rebrand, we really looked at who who was who were the people that were 
going to be buying. And we came up with a woman who was much more, uh, even though she might be in her 40s or 50s, that she was much more, um, she didn't want to feel like that. She wanted to feel young. Mm. So what 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 I'm getting at there is what is someone's aspirations? Mm. So she wanted to feel fun. She wanted to to feel young and and, and to have some fun. And she might shop uh, late at night, might have had a couple of wines by then, and is looking for something that's going to make her feel uh, comfortable but be the talk of her own dinner party. Yeah. And she might be inspired a little bit by burlesque. So we went down a sort of Dita Von Teese retro look, completely away from what she'd done previously. Mm. And, and we actually thought, well, if Dita Von Teese was a housewife, what would she look like? Mm. And it became really interesting and, and, and found that there's this, there's this whole market that it's opened up that's a lot younger for Jill, mm. but it's also actually attracting more interest from other women around her own age as well. So the key to that for me is the more specific you are, you actually end up reaching more people. Absolutely. And I think the more unspecific you are, the more likely you're not going to get noticed. And it's just, it seems anti-intuitive, doesn't it? But mm. And it's really hard for small businesses to do that. I think, I think also, you know, they... I just try and get them. They might have a few markets, but if they can just narrow it down to one and get all their communication strategy around that at the, at the start at least, you know, it's almost have a main course and then you can always have some entrees, but just to commit to something, I think it just makes everything easier. So that was a really good, that was a really good discussion around that. I wanted to talk to you also a little bit about, um, you write a lot about the brand story in your book. and. Yep. I love that because I just think, you know, getting that right is so... I'll, I'll just give you a little story about what happened to me the other day and you might be able to weave this into your answer. Mm. Um, I was consulting with a new business and they're an online business and, you know, they, they... Look, they really hadn't identified their ideal customer, which is part of the problem, but they knew what they sort of... the category that they wanted to sell um, in terms of product online. But... You know, there's, there were lots of other products in this category online already and so were they just going to compete purely on price? Uh, they didn't have any real identity to their brand. I mean, they had a logo but they didn't have any story behind it that they could, you know, that someone could buy into. So at the end of the day, if you were looking at their site online and looking at the competitors, there wasn't a lot between them. And so I was trying to sort of talk to them about, you know, the why, the why for me, the customer. Yes. So I'd be really interested in, you know, any information you can provide around the story and the values and how that sort of plays out, you find, you know, when you're dealing with other customers and, and from the book's point of view. That's a great example of that. It's so much about, it's not what can we do to fit in, it's what can we do to stand out. Mm. That's the, they're the sorts of questions that we need to be asking. Mm. It's not so much looking at, well, that's, that's what everyone else is doing in the market, so that works so we can just do that ourselves. I'm not talking about riding a wave because that, that can actually be very effective as a marketing tool. You can actually ride someone else's wave. But, I mean, for instance, if you look at 
and I use this in presentations from time to time, Lady Gaga, mm -hmm. going back to a person. If Lady Gaga was just going out to be another Madonna, she'd never work mm. as a product. Be but because she's so who she is, because she really embraces her quirkiness in a very... And she'll, she sort of takes Madonna to a whole other level in that she's, she's a lot more... Uh, she'll wear lots of different outfits and she reinvents herself. But whereas Madonna would go through it in phases, Lady Gaga does it daily. I <laughs> know. And that's part of the brand. That's brand strategy. Yes. That's definitely a strategy. That's a, and it's a very clever one. And I only read today, she's actually now got her own social media network called Little Monsters. <laughs> so it's more about what can you do? And then that would, that's also built on the fact that she's got a very powerful social media platform. Uh, recently she had, uh, well, not, what was almost a year ago now, but, um, but she had a, a, she was doing a series of concerts in Sydney and then she actually uh, was performing at a, at a couple of nightclubs as well. But the way that that was leaked out and it, and it went viral that day mm -hmm. uh, was that it was, it, it, it was very effective and it was, it was also, um, it, was very, it was very now, it was very pop-up and it was, it was using social media to leak things out there. There was a very quick, clever little uh, line that she put on Twitter that basically got it out there. The reason I'm saying that is, is that I think that it's really important to think about, so she knows who her, her market is, mm -hmm. she puts something that's quick and clever and witty out for them and she's going to where they are, so she, she was going to them giving them a lot of what they want and then some. And I think there are, I mean, they're the, that's how she stands out. She really actually loves her audience. Mm. She, she loves her market. So I think what I'm saying there is get to know who your market is really, really well. The more that you can do that and the more that you can keep surprising them and, and think like a pop star, really think like a pop star uh, or, or a, um, you know, like a rock star or whatever, you know, think like a star. Yeah. Because if you don't, uh, if, uh, if you don't, and think about you know, what type of music they like. Uh, you know, if, if it's, if it's, uh, you know, if it's, if it's uh, dance music, then that's great. But you might actually find, you might find that your people are folk music people. You know, if that's what your brand's about uh, and you can get a lot of traction that way, then, then really... Go for that and do it plus some rather than shy away from it mm. uh, because because I think it's more about being it's much more about being distinctive as opposed to trying to fit in well that raises a question for me and I, I often have this question i'm not sure I'm not sure of the answer there is no answer that I really resonate towards, but I'm just wondering what your view is is it how easy is it to um like, do you really need to have a brand story that's authentic, or do, or can you make it up as long as you believe in it? Do you see I the think, difference? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's really interesting question. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think there needs to be a degree, a high degree of authenticity for it to work, uh, and whether that is something that is. 
because it's manufactured itself. Yeah. So Lady Gaga is manufactured. Yeah. That, but she's true to that. <laughs> she yeah. doesn't hide the fact that she's manufactured. That's yeah. part of her game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the same goes for uh, the same goes for Coke. Yeah. What? But what they play on really well. I believe with Coke is they play on uh, freshness, vitality, youth, and they keep finding new audiences with it. And even to the point where they, it's, it's so consistent. It is absolutely so consistent in what they do. Uh, and they, and they, they make sure that they're always putting, and a lot of their strategy recently uh, has been about putting the customer into the heart of the brand. So it's putting you into Coke. Yeah, I noticed that with the naming and things. That's right. So naming the Coke cans yeah. uh, is one, and also on Facebook. So they carry that story through. It's really consistent. That story is carried through onto Facebook. So now you can actually get your Facebook, or they did this a while ago, where you can actually get your, your photo mm-hmm. retro into a retro feel in the, in the heart of a Coke ad. Yeah. So they're putting... It, it's, it, it's really... It's really... Authentic. Authentic in its consistency. I think that's what... That's the key, it sounds like. Because I'm just yeah. wondering, like, for a small business, let's say, and then whether it's a service-based business or a product-based business, mm. at, at the end of the day, if they're going through, you know, your book or looking at branding online, they might be thinking, oh, well, we need to have a personality or we need to be different and stand out. Mm-hmm. So they're balancing that mm-hmm. against well, we need to be authentic and real. And often, well, of the, of the businesses that I've worked with, I think where, it, where it's worked the best for me is to actually grab onto the personality of, you know, an individual or, yes. or, or somebody in that organisation that shapes the culture yep. and then extend that as a brand identity for their company. I think that's a really good strategy. I think that's a really smart strategy because what you're doing is you're actually amplifying authenticity. Yeah, because you're it's putting hard, it through a filter. Yeah, because it's hard to just it's hard to just pull it out of nowhere, um, or it's hard yeah. to sort of. I think it's probably easier to do for a product, maybe, but for a service-based company where it's so relationship built, the culture yeah. is the brand. So yeah. if you've got a young, vibey, um, you know, hip sort of CEO, they do stamp, you know, their, their personality over that company. Um, it's just sometimes being able to pull that out into visual and, you know, other elements so that that brand lives throughout the culture as well. I think, yes. So I, I think that it's a matter of finding those, it's looking for those details that you can amplify. Yeah. Uh, that you can... Uh, that you can play with. I mean, it's. Um, I was only talking to a from a from a product point of view. I was talking to a client only two days ago who uh, helps with promotional product, and uh, Deb was saying that she's got. Um, she she was actually asked to to uh, help with knitted covers, and I can't remember the the beer brand, but to go over the 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 um, the beer okay. pourers yep, yep. at pubs. So it was knitted covers in this brand, <laughs> within this brand's logo on it, and and said. And so my my assignment was to 
create these knitted covers. And it was really, I thought, that's really clever. That's yeah. really smart. They picked up on something, and it's just so incongruent. You'd never... No, they wouldn't normally go together, would they? No, no. <laughs> So it's going to stand out because it's because it doesn't fit. Yes. It's like uh, the uh, the um, case me actually, but uh, the uh, strong who um, uh, used to be a Qantas, um, who wears the bow tie. Oh yes. And so in a sea of suits, known for wearing a bow tie. Yes. And 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 you stand out, and so that's on. So going back to the person, uh, find the the quirkiness about the person, and I think it's especially in a service. It's um it's really important. It's a, another client who I've got who's a, a a trainer and leadership coach. A lot about what his edge is is that he's not the he's not the guy that just tells you what you want to hear. Mm. He's the shadow bloke who just comes in and just calls it like it is. Uh, absolutely. I'm just interested. I, I, my thought is that the um, the brand's more important than any ever before. I, I sort of feel like, um, it, you know, as consumers, you know, we're choosing more and creating curating what we actually see and hear and we're turning off the telly and going to our iPod to listen to podcasts and, and what have you. And I mm. think that... that People are searching for that deeper underlying story. I, I often, you know, say to clients, you know, the About Us page is, is becoming more important because people yeah. want to dig and find you. So I'm just wondering what your take is on in terms of the story and the brand and, and do you feel that it's, it's, it's more important than perhaps it's mm. been? Definitely. And I think, I think a lot of that has come down to the fact that so much more of our uh, lives are spent online. So it's a there's a duality there. I think there's uh, on one uh, in, in one respect we spend a lot of time online and uh, and yet we keep going. Well, but are you real? Mm. Are you real? And are you, you know, can I trust you? Can I trust you before I? Because you're sending money through. Yeah, exactly. You know, through the through the internet to someone. So things like having even having a real street address. I mean, I've got a PO box on our website, and I'm really looking at changing it because I just think, well, no, it's actually could be better to to put the physical street address. Uh, and there are some clients that I recommend that they don't do that because they're they're solo operators and they're women, and I just think that it's it's safer that they don't. Uh, but then when it, but, but when it comes to actually having your about me, they want to see that there's who is this person? Yeah. Who is this person who is going to actually uh, service me and or, or help my business or, or uh, what value are they adding? And people are really looking for that beyond the price, yeah. far beyond the price. Uh, and yes, sometimes there are purchases that are price driven, but it's funny because the consumer in some ways has become more cynical, but in other ways has become more curious. And they want that trust. So a lot of our jobs uh, are around building trust online. And uh, often it's before they even get to the website. Mm. And that's with social media. So the more that you can build trust with people before they even get to your website, so that once they actually get there, then you're offering extremely good value that backs up and is um, in line with everything that they've seen go before in social media. So they go, okay, well... 
is this person everything that they say they are? Yeah, and they can quickly find out, can't they? I mean, it yep. doesn't take much for them to dig and see that something's not adding up. So, yeah, that's really interesting. I just just a couple more questions because I'm I'm conscious of your time, but. I wondered if there were any um, quick marketing tips you might be able to give a small business that they might be able to take from your book. Um, yeah, if you've got any ideas or tips that you might be able to leave us with. Yep, definitely. One, one, the biggest lesson and the, the, for all small business is that we must all be marketing all the time. Mm. Uh, can never stop marketing. And that can take many different forms, uh, and the simplest are often the best. But mm. the main thing is to have a marketing plan. Have a marketing plan and review it regularly. And also to, to really get to know who your ideal client is, and even review that regularly, because they might change. Mm, that's true. And... Uh, and if you find that there is or there's a new market that you're that you're starting to attract, really look at your and your sales figures will often tell you that where where are those people coming from and maximize that so really grow the good mm. and then let and let people get to know you the professional use just as we've said with the about us page and also think of one of the biggest mistakes that I see people make, especially on their websites and all their marketing material, is that they then take that to the nth degree and make it all about them. Mm. So what I suggest with every client uh, we work with right from the outset is to look at their website and we look at how we can change every bit of we language and just replace it with the word you. And of course you change the the, the sentence so that it actually makes sense. But let them know the benefits that they're getting. Let let me, the reader, know what's in it for me. I know, and it's a it's a look. It's a hard transition to actually sit outside of yourself and think, you know, a customer's looking at this, and what would they be interested in? <laughs> you know, because mm. we're so yeah, small business owners, we're we're pretty much focused on us a lot of the time, and mm. and I'm a. Sh- I, I I think that even your acting background has probably given you, um, you know, some some great skills and being, you know, aware of the audience and aware and customer centric. That's probably served you really well in your, you know, in your marketing career. Um, and certainly, I can tell from the book, which is fantastic. Um, if people want to get in contact with you or um, get access to the book. Can you give us the best um, URL or blog yes. details for you? Definitely, thanks. So the best URL for us is mcme.com.au. So that's mcme.com.au. And for the book, uh, you can also buy the book on our website. So uh, we've got that online. And the URL for that is mcme.com.au forward slash toolkit. Other than that, you can also get it in all good bookstores. I know, because I did. (laughs) So thanks so much, Michael, for that. And I'll put a link um, on my um, podcast to those links as well. And I really appreciate your time and and insights. And I encourage people to go get the book because 
Um, there's a great lot of checklists and um, templates to just make life easier as a small business, including like an ideal customer template, um, you know, some templates around branding and, um, you know, things that will make it really easy for you to program out your marketing schedule for the next 12 months. So I really appreciate it, Michael. Thank you. Thank you very much, Danielle, and all the best. Thanks. Hey, thanks for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this podcast. For more great marketing tips, go to Dan's blog at www.daniellemcginnis.com and sign up for her marketing tips or visit her website at www.mcginnismarketing.com.au. Catch you next time. Thank you.